0: RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real-life consultivations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. So it looks like we are live on Facebook at Consultivations once again and back, who wasn't with us last week, is the Vincent Howard. So, Vince, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Dave. My my sincerest of pleasures. Um, I can overplay compassion and empathy, if you like. I mean, it's so good to have you here, Vince. Uh,
1: David, wonderful to be here.
0: Oh, I'm loving your absolute sensational sincerity. On what is election day of course um we also have the wondrous barb gay with us those of you may know from previous episodes she is an extraordinary super supertastic women in a uh, women leader in business today so is that right bob
2: well i'm not sure all those adjectives but i am a woman in business today that is correct
0: <laughs> so every week i think we've got a Take that up a bit, Vince, and raise the bar every time we introduce Bob. I I think that's called head trash. (laughs) Absolutely. So this week we've been talking about RLC, this formula, S plus C minus I equals O. Now, let's put Vince welcoming you back with fire. Uh, What does it mean? Can you remember?
1: Oh, you know you're going to ask me that. You're going to have to help me, Dave. Uh, so, uh, before
0: I. It's help been a you, long break. It has been a long break. So, we're talking about this importance of focusing our minds, focusing our ability. I'm just going to ask Barb what she thinks the answer is. But um, before I do, um, I want to just let everybody else know that's watching. Um, it's important that when you're having a difficulty in business, like Vince just had, to use a formula. So, Bob, do you happen to know what it stands for?
2: Well, it's situations uh, plus our choices. The I is in minus the interference, and O is the outcome.
0: Bob, that is why I called you all those fabulous names. So, Vince, does that, does that cast your memory back?
1: There we go. Now I'm good.
0: Now, the thing about situations is what we're talking about is in life, there is stimulus and there is response, right? So a stimulus sounds all scientific. could be an event, a moment, a situation, a conversation, bumping into somebody you haven't seen for years. It could be how you feel in the morning. It could be the awful corrupt conversation with your boss who doesn't really know you, it could be any one of those things and more. The secret is your response to that stimulus. And that's where the choices really come in in this formula. So a couple of weeks ago, we started to talk about the mindset of a CEO, the mindset of a leader, manager, director, human being. Uh, The bit I want us to talk about is interference. So. In your own words, uh, Vince or Bob, what do you think um, in your business experience interference often is?
2: Well, like Vince said, for me, it's head trash. I mean, you know, you have those things in your your head that you think is the way it is, or you set yourself up for that. Um, A lot of times it's just, it, it just definitely is in your own head. And if you list them out, Sometimes you don't even realize the interference that you're getting, so it's important to list them out. I use this technique a lot with my managers.
1: Don't you think, Barb, some of it's our preconceived ideas to, yep. you know, that's that's that head trash. Well, well, this is the way we think it is, or, or this is the way that we've created it in our own mind, and so we're not willing to kind of take the blinders off yeah, and look at something with a with a fresh set of eyes.
0: It's, it's entirely true? And and the, the bit I find in my experience, people get lost with, is we will actually say at RLC capture the petulant responses. You know, imagine the scene. You've gone to a review with your boss, right? And um, and imagine it could be even be you. Uh, somebody in your team reviewing with you, Barb, or somebody in your team reviewing with you, Vincent, you're sitting in your office going, well, that went absolutely brilliant. And they've walked out the room, right? Looking together, but on the inside, they're absolutely seething. They're annoyed, right? Uh, how much time do they waste after that on the moment they've just had that you don't know about, right? And where does that interference go next? where else is it going to show up if that person doesn't know barb like you said you're using it with your team that person doesn't know what to do with it right so have you ever felt like Vince? i'm sure you haven't you know and i know that vivian is an extraordinary leader of wisdom right but did you have you ever had that feeling of (laughs) like that sometimes oh
1: once or twice
0: how did you manage yourself through
1: it? So, you know, I think that's where you have to have that, you have to have that reset button, that, that outlet, right? Yep. So is it is it, uh, in my case, I get to walk out the back door and there's a nice little pond and uh, scenic area. You just, you reset, right? The minute you open up the door, yep. big mm-hmm. breath, You walk back in the door, things are different. Um, It could be something as simple as standing up and walking around. I had a friend of mine that used to jump down and do push-ups. It was just something to break, something to break that for a second to get your mind kind of retooled to, okay, now I'm open, now I can think, now I can get past that, uh, that frustration moment.
0: That's that's really good advice. You're doing something physical. Um, Brené Brown talks about storing up things in a jar. David Goggins does a similar thing. They actually use the cookie jar for different things. I think Brené's the marble jar. Um, And they're used for different things. One is for storing up bad experiences, so you can use them in a sporting event to pursue the soul of another person, right, and defeat your competitor. And the other is for storing it up for good reason. To remind yourself to affirm what's what's consistent is both jars are serving a mental purpose so i think what we've got here then is we're saying to people watching people listening back on the podcast is that if you're in that state where response is needed but you're reacting have a mental skill have a mental process to use so Bob, talk to me about how you use this with your managers. I mean, why do you do that?
2: Well, because my managers have a difficult time sometimes deciding what their choices are in a situation. So I find if we we write the situation down and then we list all the different ways you can deal with it and then take away the things that are stopping us from, you know, the choices we need to make, it, it helps them make a better outcome and get a better outcome out of it. It's just a matter of writing it down for them to think it through. And it's I was going to say what Vince is saying too, for me, I have always had a short trigger and a short fuse. So for me, the biggest thing to learn was to figure out how to acknowledge it when I was going to get there. Because sometimes it just felt like, well, there we go. <laughs> So I do think part of it is acknowledging it as well and catching yourself before you get
0: there. You know, Debbie talks about that, doesn't she, Bob? Debbie from RLC talks about, sometimes we actually have to acknowledge the real feeling we're having. Mm -hmm. And in the world of well-being, it's actually dealing with it properly. Because it could could actually be severe, it could could you a severe issue. So giving it the time, giving it the moment, giving it the support, technique, counsel uh, to work, something through. So Vince, how have you found this technique as a business owner? What does it allow you to do from
1: your perspective? So, so Dave, I mean, uh, going back to the, to the manager side of this, I actually wonder sometimes if we're the interference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I would rather empower the manager because you learn by doing right you don't typically learn by hearing you learn by doing and by repeat and sometimes i want them to fail because i want it to be a learning exercise so whatever the situation is i want them to develop their choice and then sometimes as a firm we suffer the outcome sometimes it's good sometimes it's not as good as it could have been but it's normally a learning moment for them to then, so Barb, where you may do it on the front end, I like to look at it more on the back end and then use that that outcome as the teaching moment.
0: Mm-hmm. And let's, let's be clear here, if you're watching this back, we're not talking about letting somebody fail because you wanted them to fail. You're talking about letting them fail as part of the learning process. Um, where their discovery is greater. So it's safe to do that. So there's no like drastic consequence to the failure.
1: And and the reason I tend to view us as the interference or we're the head trash, it's we're the head trash in our manager's mind. The manager doesn't feel they have the capability or they don't have the skill set to answer or to solve a specific problem. When they do we just kind of have to push them to make that decision. You know, we, instead of coming to us and wanting to be spoon fed, how to make that decision. So I like Barb's idea of whether it's upfront. So you prevent them potentially from making the failure where me, I tend to find fail, small failures are good learning tools. Um, you know, as you know, hopefully it's nothing drastic, um, you know, I won't say I haven't been yelled at more than once, but uh, you know, it. Uh, but but getting them to learn either way, mm-hmm. I, I think takes that head trash off off the manager. I just don't want to be the interference. I don't want to be the stumbling block, and I also don't want to be the um, the replacement for the choice.
2: I agree with you Vince, I think, but but I also, the thing that I found has been useful for me with new managers, it's longevity, right? So if you have somebody that's been with you a while, they have to make their own choices, I agree with you. But this tool I have found has been very good for new managers and new people to kinda use for themselves to say, okay, well, these are the different choices I have, as crazy as they might be, you know? fire the client don't fire the client those kinds of things that you have discussions about
1: yeah first to second season barb i would definitely agree with you that's you know this would be most of my managers have been with me for a a while uh so we're a little more on the back end but i agree completely new managers a lot of times they don't know what they don't know or don't know what they do know Mm-hmm. So we're more a sounding board and not really playing interference at that point. We're just making sure that we're directing their outcome for future learning.
0: Right. There's a call out here though, Bob and Vince. There's a massive question on the screen. And that is, are, do you ask regularly enough as a leader, or are you the head trash of your manager? Do you actually stop and think about that long enough? You know, and we're not saying it should be a daily thing. Right. You know, I was talking to Kurt Rickoff earlier today and we were joking about that sometimes I can be having the best time of my life looking miserable, right? I'm not actually miserable. My face rests in a miserable position. So if you don't know me, you'll be thinking what's wrong with him, right? So that might be in the office, that might be in a conversation. That is visual head trash. So. You, if you could actually be head trash to your manager completely unintentionally you didn't mean it at all
2: well and the other thing i try to avoid using this too is i i hate having that conversation with a team a team person that says well six months ago you said this it's like wow i don't remember what i said yesterday let alone yes. six months ago and if it's been festering for that long we need to have a conversation sooner so this, I do, I, I do think this helps to open that up a bit, maybe a safe environment for them to do that.
0: I, I actually once worked with a lady in a company and she, uh, my, my central office was in her superstore. And uh, once a week she'd come in and she'd open up and early so that the central office could come in. And I remember doing a review with her and she said, uh, I've got to raise something with you, uh, Dave. Um, you really affected me. You know, and I said, When was that? And she said, Six months ago. And, I, and today, as I look back, right, it, I can imagine it being this rainy Tuesday with gray skies outside, right, and lightning in the skies. And it must have been something else. It probably was a facial expression. It was probably misplaced tone whilst I was on autopilot. Autopilot to the point where I was in reflex rather than response. And therefore in that single moment, somebody who worked for the company thought they were undervalued by a moment's expression, Bob. So you're absolutely right. Six months is shocking for me to admit back then. that's That's how long it took them to be brave enough to say, It gives you so many other questions you've then got to ask about your own leadership and say, what took that so long? What was it about me? Size, physique, height, you know, depth of confidence. Um, What was it that was creating that space where that person then couldn't say, hey, Dave, you really got on my nerves today. Go on, Vince, you're going to say something. Uh, It might have been the colour of your kilt. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It could have very well been. Uh, so that's why I don't wear grey kilts anymore. Um, yeah, the other thing about this, I think we're recognising today, to help you with interference or head trash, you've got to learn skill and technique. And um, we're going to share on the back of this podcast a link to one of the most famous RLC techniques that I never in a million years thought would take off. It's called the squeegee. Do you remember the squeegee, Barb? And you literally there with this squeegee for cleaning windows in your mind, clearing this whiteboard, and you follow the technique through. And I remember putting that into a workshop in 2008, 2009, several times, and people would write back on the feedback forms, going, what was your number one tool you're going to use the most? It was a deletion technique, right? What does that say, though? about us as humans that the highlight was a deletion technique about the leadership that was in play. Now, that's an example of training your brain to be able to delete quickly. You know, and we're going to tag the MP3 for that on the back of this podcast, so that people listening can go, yeah, I can practice that. But the idea of the squeegee was, once you knew how to do it and you repeated the squeegee several times, the idea was, you shorten it to almost a gesture and for me it became blinking of the eyes was the same as clearing the windscreen so suddenly i'm going delete and that makes you much more effective in the moment now what's even funnier and i'll shut up in a minute is what i only invented it because you know as a stepdad in a blended family our older daughters were just talking at the time so much tosh one day in the car where I I wanted to say something in the dad role, being either slightly cynical, maybe even sarcastic, a little bit of tint of that. And I had to realize, no, Dave, it's not going to help. So I'm having to delete my own voice, go delete, delete, because it was going to make things worse, right? So it's a good example, isn't it, of using skills and technique. But I, I can also tell you the amount of times I've done that in big, big meetings. You know, with chairman and board members, where you've had to just go, wait, think. So, uh, question to you, Vince. When did you first learn you had to manage interference?
1: Wow. I would say probably when I was when I was a teen. Because like Barb, some of us had quick fuses back then, <laughs> and and so to me that was the interference that was that was affecting my outcomes. That was the interference that was uh, uh, affecting the choice, so so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so way back then, for me, it was martial arts. I found that physical release. So mine is is a lot of times positional right i'm in this situation i take myself out of that situation and it's exercise and like i said it could be as simple as walking out the back door that's still exercise but it's something physical and that's my squeegee that's my reset
0: good sight. what about you bob when did you first realize it
2: uh, I think I had several stages in my life. I think the first time was, I was a, uh, as, as a child, I used to slam doors and that was my way of getting things done. And I remember, uh, I don't know, I was probably 13 and my dad walked in after I slammed the door and said, if you break the door, you will pay for the door. <laughs> so you need to find another way other than slamming doors. So I learned how to, walk around I mean just walk around the building walk outside go to the garage go to the basement somewhere like Vince I don't know that I did it with any kind of um training per se but just walk away
0: I I totally agree Bob Um, was there anything you wanted to add to that Vince yeah how would you take what Bob said and apply it into some logic
1: I loved your, li- I don't think she saw your little flash up on the screen, but uh, uh, yeah, slamming a book much <laughs> cheaper than slamming a door.
2: <laughs> I guess I saw <laughs> the slam then. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: But you know though, Bob, there's something There's something in this, we, we, and anybody watching, we did a leadership uh, event in Kansas City. And uh, there was a moment between uh, Barb and Kurt where a book was slammed by Barb in a very heated, passionate debate that was super healthy. And it stuck in the memoirs of of the memory of those events. Um, But there is something in it though, right? So if you think about, you're talking about resetting events, right? I remember asking a lot of delegates a couple of years ago, how do you actually reset at work? Most people have an idea they they look at you and go, I'm not sure if it's right and then you say, no, 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 literally, if you've got to get concentrating for the next ten minutes, what are the things you can recall yourself doing? And they'll say things like you know, the clasp of the hands, just like that bar. This is what the book was all about.
2: Right? I'm <laughs> not quite true. Sure
0: but... No, I know. It can be it can be straightening your desk out, can't it? It can be doing something physical, coming back and going. It can be changing how you sit in the chair. So, so. but it's, it's having a range of mental strategies and uh, less mental, more strategies, uh, to help yourself get through something. Because you know I think
2: what's is, we're having this conversation. I, you know, I do these things with my managers, but I'm not sure that I've really talked with my entire team about how do you reset? Um, so kind of an interesting to-do later on. <laughs> it is, it is, because it's, it's, it's,
0: most people will say, I you don't know why I said it so many times, most people will say, I don't know what mine is. And it's very often, they might not. What you then say to them is, well, actually, not knowing is okay. What do you want it to be? Right? What do you like to do? Oh, I still don't know. Well, why don't we just, for a week, do something and see if it makes a difference, because Things we repeat that have got a good intention will become small habits, micro habits that will help. So that's a good shape, Bob, is to actually in- teach the team the importance of resetting and deleting. Because deleting is about neutralization, resetting is about starting. So uh, Vince, is there something you'd like to there? You're
1: looking rather mischievous. <laughs> no, I I was just wondering if maybe that reset is different for different different depending on who you're dealing with right i think my reset is different with my managers versus my executive team yeah and i was just going through that kind of thinking man when when we get into we don't get into heated i mean like fiery discussions but we get into um you know discussions about direction of the firm and 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 as you know, I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty stubborn with certain areas. And so I think my reset with that group is different than my reset with a manager because okay. there's a comfort level there, right? So there's a, there's a comfort level with that group that you may not have with the rest of your team. So I think that delete or reset can be different depending on who your focus audience is.
2: Well, and I think Vince also even if you're stubborn, you still want people to speak up. You still want to hear opinions. You still want to hear certain things. You may not choose to go down that road, but it may have you change something different as a leader, too.
0: 100 percent. And what I want us to think about as we as we play this back. So we're talking about the power of interference in this technique of situations plus choices minus interference equals your outcome and you standing in that choices spot. Because I think that the bit that we often let happen is we let situations define us. And what we've got to realize is that situations don't define us. You know, I want you to picture another scene, one of my absolute worst leadership experiences where I was told by a company, you don't belong around here. I don't know who told you that you did, and you're leaving the company today, right? And I remember standing there in the middle of this retail environment, two directors, one telling me I was going, honcho to the CEO, and on the inside, feeling like I was in a boxing round to the chest, and just focusing on retaining state control, right? Almost being willing to delete some of the clarity of what was being said, in order to be able to leave with dignity. That is something you should never have to go through unskilled, right? Uh, because it's it's learning with, and, and uh, in America you talk about drinking from the fire hose. This was actually the opposite. This was getting fired on by the fire machine, right? But it's, that's extreme and it teaches you resilience in an extreme way. But it's, people should have the skills because what I liked about what, what you said, Vince, Straight conversations down the centre of the court, which is one of my phrases, right, should be expected. But they should be expected because we're on a tennis court. That's the analogy. You've got a racket, I've got a racket, and there's a ball, right? So you don't tend to go to a tennis court to play chess or to play water sports. You go to hit the ball across the court, right? And half the time, people don't realize they're on a tennis court because no one has told them. They don't know they should have a tennis racket in their hand because they're surprised you've got a ball, right? Because it's, it's, they, they haven't had a chance to get ready to be able to give their best back. And I think that's why we've got to use a technique like this to help people learn to, right? So when you say to me, Vince, and I work for you, hey, Dave, can I grab 20 minutes with you? I'm not sitting at my desk going
2: <laughs>
0: uh oh right do I know my information are my KPIs correct are my projects up to date what's happening next I'm not going interference I'm going excellent let's go and have a business conversation and do our best together because I you know I only say that to you Vince because that's your heart right that's what you're about Bob, you're the same so it's Letting the other person show up ready um, without spending a day to be ready. Because that's interference too, spending a day for a half an hour conversation. You know, if somebody in your operation spends a day getting ready to sit down with you for 30 minutes, that's a, con- like you said before, Bob, that's the conversation in the room, right? What have you been doing with your time? So, how important do you think is head trash and interference today? election day in the
1: usa huge it's consuming us today
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on top and- of a pandemic and everything else that's going on it's twice as you know it just seems to we had the conversation our team meeting this morning to just kind of try to focus and not you know let that outside stuff but you do
0: i think i think bob this week if you're running a business in the usa particularly it's up to us as leaders to set the outcome focus for everybody to help them and if you're watching this from the state side if you're watching this from anywhere else in the world the principles are the same it's up to the leaders that at a local level one person at a time to set the right standard that means It's not the people in the White House, it's not the people in your Senate, it's not the people in your government, it's actually the people running the businesses, it's the people at home, it's families together. And actually, one person can still make a difference, it just might be in a slightly different way at the moment while you go through this historic week. Um, so I wanted to bring that up because I also want to talk about the power of deletion. So if you are in a space where you're a little bit stuck and you're thinking, how do I learn to delete? I shared on LinkedIn today, get a piece of paper, write down how you're actually feeling, make sure you capture, no matter how silly it is, that you write it down as it is. You then step back from the piece of paper, crunch it, stick it in the trash and call it a day without thought process. As an act of disassociation, there are lots of techniques like that so again it comes back to though learning to do this needs skills and technique doesn't it so last question to these two wonderful people today on consultivations rlc cpa live is is there one thing that you think people should take from this broadcast that's the most important thing doesn't matter what you think it is. Is there one thing you'd like to say? To me, this is one of the most important things.
2: Well, I think there's, I I think that you can uh, learn, even if you feel like you don't have the skills now, you can always learn skills. You can always teach yourself to get rid of the head trash and to um, be successful. I always tell, my big thing I always say is nobody's ever gonna tell me uh, that i can't do something and i think that we all have that ability to do that. and so you just need to, to make those choices and learn the skills and try to find those skills wherever you can
0: that's good that's really good advice
1: bob vince i think it's practice to not be our own interference whether it's you know whether it's our own head trash or um whether it's our inability to let's say manage our own calendar uh, real real quick e- example two weeks ago um you know i took the time as i was reviewing our our bookkeepers monthly production and one of our offices has really struggled to get up to the level of the other office and and two of the bookkeepers over there just had you know they had great months and took the time to handwrite something over to them and my my interference normally would be me saying either my note to them doesn't make a difference right that's my interference that's my head trash or i don't have the time i'm so busy doing other things i don't have time to take five minutes and write this i happened to visit that office a couple of days ago and and both of them made a point to stop by and say you don't know how much that meant we are really trying hard and we appreciate you know that little bit of recognition so the outcome there to me is you know they're going to continue to push to do better and better and better and continue to learn i had to get that interference out of my own head which was get out of my own way in essence
0: that's good. That's really good advice about making a difference and recognizing getting out of your own way. And, and to help people process what you just said, both of you, the, here are three of the questions. i have to get the author from Debbie that I really, really enjoyed learning about. Um, I wish I could recall her name for a second, but I'll put it in the footnote. You ask yourself, if you're finding you're having an assumptive interfering thought about a person you're about to talk to, ask yourself, is this true? Is there any evidence that's confirming that it is true? In most cases, my experience is there isn't. And then ask yourself, would I behave differently if this wasn't true? The answer is usually yes. And with with true interference, the only thing I would say to anybody is: if the other person hasn't actually said the words you're imagining, it's possibly not true. So as you go through the rest of today in the US watching this, we just wish you the very best of success with your own thought management, mindset management, and you know, do embrace this amazing technique we like to share around the world. Your situations plus your choices minus your interference are the secret to the outcome that you want. If you can get a handle on each part of that in the process, it really, like most things, is up to us to learn the skill to be able to do that. Thank you, Vince. And thank you, Bob, for your time today.
2: Thank you, Dave. Thank you for
0: listening to Consultivations brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.